Whenever I start working with a new client, one of the first conversations is always about the people on their team. And I'll usually phrase the question this way. So why don't you share with me your org chart? And then I get to know the names of people and then we can start to evaluate them, etc. But I would guess that over half the time, at least half the time, I get the deer in the headlights look. Like, uh, we don't have one. Or I've never done one. Or... I, you know, I created one five years ago, but it's not updated. It's not relevant. And then we'll you know, create one from scratch. And then that allows me to get to know their people. And then I'll eventually get to the conversation I want to have with you today, which is, well, what if we were to design your org chart the way you want it to be? And so that's what I want to talk to you today. I want to talk to you about how do you create the perfect org chart? Then there is no perfect org chart in the world. There's only the perfect org chart for you and your company right now today based on the result that you want to accomplish in the world. So if you're creating a strategy and you want to achieve X, then you're going to need a team of people to accomplish that strategy. Well, what org chart gives you the greatest probability of being able to achieve that result? That's all that matters. So don't worry about some perfect org chart in the world, just what's perfect for you right now. And so this is what we would do, and I'm going to give you five simple rules that you can begin to use starting today. And I just had this conversation with a client yesterday, so that's why I'm sharing with you today. There are five simple things you need to think about when you're trying to create the perfect org chart for your company today. So step one is that you want to design from scratch. So forget the team you have right now. Forget all the things you've done in the past. You want to think, based on everything that I know about my company and my industry and my strengths and my weaknesses, if I were to design the perfect org chart for today, for the next 12 to 24 months, what would that look like? And so you're not trying to design based on who you have, not designing based on what you've done in the past, you're designing based on what you know for the next 12 to 24 months, what would the ideal perfect org chart look like? And it might be that you don't have anybody here at the top team and you need to put in some you know, top team people or maybe you need to elevate and you need to bring in some CTO or CFO, COO kind of people. Um, maybe you need to organize it based on departments. I mean, there are all kinds of org chart uh, options. You can pick and choose anything you want for your industry. Maybe you need someone to be in charge of product and somebody to be in charge of legal. Like Whatever it is, you pick it. And every industry is going to be different. So you design your perfect org chart. Now, when you're designing this, the second rule is really important. You don't use names of people. You only use positions, and that's the key. So when you're designing this, you're saying, I need to have a CFO here. I need a CTO here. I need a head of product over here. Um, I need a you know person who's a VP of marketing, or I need a marketing director, or I need a copywriter, or I need a programmer, or I need uh, an auditor, or whatever the thing would be. You're just looking at the positions for your organization based on the results you want to accomplish. And that's all that matters. But you're thinking about positions, not people. And that's vitally important. Then step three is then you need to stress test the design. So you look at the org chart and you evaluate, you know, do I really want sales reporting to marketing here? Is that the right way? You know, do I really want to have, you know, a VP of sales with one salesperson? That doesn't seem quite right. And so you just work on designing and looking at each area. Is, does this look right? And I've got 12 people reporting to one person here, and I've got you know, one person reporting to one person over here. Does that look right as well? And you're just evaluating. So you come up with what you think is perfect. You design based on positions, not people. And then you stress test it. 
And this is kind of fun because you're going to start moving boxes around and you're going to start, no, that doesn't work. This doesn't work. And by the way, paper is fine to do this on. You don't have to do it in you know, any kind of technology. Just paper works fine. And then once you finish with that and you feel like, hey, this looks like it could work, then and only then do you take the names of your people and you put the people that you currently have in those blocks. Now, what inevitably is going to happen, probably should happen, is you should have some open boxes, right? You're going to have boxes with no names, position, but no name. That's okay. You can either leave them blank, which is what most people do, or you can put your name in it because someone has to be responsible for the function, and you might put your name in all those boxes, and then the goal is to try to, you know, who else can take this and you can get rid of your name. But either way, you put in all the names. Now, once you have the names in there, it's very important, then you start evaluating. And there are lots of ways you can do this. You can evaluate giving everybody a grade. Um, but the key question you're going to ask at the end of the day, regardless of how you want to evaluate, is based on what I know about this person and based on where I want this company to go in the next 12 to 24 months, would I, and this is the key phrase, enthusiastically rehire this person or not? And if you would not enthusiastically rehire this person, then you know that part of your job over the next 12 to 24 months is you're going to have to transition that person out and put somebody in that you would enthusiastically rehire. Somebody who has the skills and abilities to help you and your company produce the results you want. And what tends to happen at this stage is people begin to realize they have a couple people on their team they need to transition off and they've been avoiding it, but this exercise will help you do that, right? So you're designing the perfect org chart, you're putting in the names. The question is, would I enthusiastically rehire? If not, then you're gonna have to put that name off to the side. Then you're going to look at all the people that you have there. And what you might find, especially in small businesses, is that you probably have a couple of people that might be in two or three boxes. And no one likes to report to three different managers, by the way. <laughs> no one does. So the question that would be in step five, how do I need to revise my org chart to make it the perfect org chart for the next 12 months? Right? Trying to figure out the next five years doesn't work. But for the next 12 months, based on what my idea would be and based on the people that I have, What's realistic over the next 12 months to create as an org chart? For example, you might look and say, you know what, I need a whole C-level suite. I just can't afford to hire a whole C-level suite this year. So what I can afford is one or two of those people. That's fine. So the perfect org chart for you this year has one or two of those C-level positions, which might be blank for the next three or six, nine months. But at some point this year, they're going to be filled. And then you're going to readjust what your perfect one is to the reality of what it needs to be over the course of the next 12 months. And you might find that you've got some people that are in three boxes, but by the end of the year, I want to get them into two instead of three, or I want to get them out of the three and into one. It's fine. But what you're going to do now is you're going to look at that and you're going to say, okay, this is the perfect org chart for my company for the next 12 months. It's the best I can come up with. And you begin it by first thinking about what would be my ideal uh, org chart starting from scratch. You dealt with positions, not with people. Then you stress tested it. Then you put in your people. You evaluated your people. Move some of them out of positions. And then based on you know money and resources, and you know who you have on the team, you're going to reorg and create the perfect plan for the next 12 months. And then 12 months from now, you're probably going to have to redo it again. And that's okay. Because part of your job is making sure you have the right team that you can leverage to create the right results so that your strategy can get created. So there you go. Five simple steps to being able to create the perfect org chart. I know you can do it. Um, The person I talked to yesterday ended up doing it after our call, which ended at 6 p.m. at night. And uh, and he stayed up and he reorged it and he realized, hey, I need to make some adjustments. And this 
year, over the next 12 months, these are some of the changes I need to make. It's a simple exercise, but it makes a big difference. So I hope you'll do it soon. Uh, if you enjoyed this, I hope that you'll pass this on to some other business owners and entrepreneurs that you know who might be able to benefit from it as well. And then uh, if you are interested and would like to know more about the Biscalers Club, go to scalingclub.com. We'd love to help you. And uh, finally, uh, make sure that you keep coming back uh, to these uh, audios if you're listening to podcasts or videos if you're on YouTube. Uh, and maybe even subscribe because our commitment to you here at Biscalers is to continually give you information, content, practical, tactical ideas that can help you grow and scale a great business and to do it faster with less stress and more predictability. So until next time, to your accelerated success, Bruce out.